Welcome to the IndieCast, the most consistently awesome podcast on CockPodcast.com, covering the independent wrestling scene and pop culture craziness for over three years. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. Uh, we have, this is a monumental episode in the history of our little show. <laughs> Amen it is. Uh, now, uh... On this episode, hosting is Chad Allen, myself, Zach Romero. Hi, everybody. And, uh, oh boy, the history going into this particular episode. I, ne- I would have never believed it could have happened if I wasn't sitting here talking to our guest tonight. Our guest, believe it or not, the rumors on Twitter were true. That's right. We have... The rumors he started, so it makes that true. pretty easy. <laughs> the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the sweetest man in wrestling, Jervis Cottonbelly. Thank you for joining us on the IndyCast. Oh my goodness! Thank you for joining us, Jervis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I spook you there? Oh, uh, Just a little, but wrong. that's okay. <laughs> now, you know, I, I've been um, I've been acting out a bit lately because I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to create a new image for myself, and I think that uh, it all starts with saying Razmatan. Well, there we go. It's a, <laughs> a body move. Um, now, just to bring everybody up to speed, in terms of why this particular guest is so monumental. This show, the IndieCast, has been going on for three years now. And when we first began to start the show, the idea of the show, it was Chad and myself... And that was it. ...recording over Skype. Right. And we were talking about a particular wrestling show that had come up at that time. Right. And things were going fine, a little bumpy, but Chad and I are, are naturally charismatic... And so things are progressing nicely, and it just so happened that Jervis was on that particular wrestling show. Correct. So we had been recording about ten minutes, and we get to Jervis and start talking about how much we love him and how great he was at that particular show, and the connection shuts off. Completely died. And we could not get it reconnected. So that whole first episode was thrown was thrown out the window. So eventually we get we get some other co-hosts on. We start well, working no, on the show. Let's, let me pause you here real quick. Go to day number two, because we you know what? We'll scrap it. Let's come back tomorrow. Okay. Exact same situation happened again. Yes. As soon as we brought up the name Jervis Cottonbelly, the stream cut out. We couldn't get it connected again. So, this, along with various uh, attempts at like rescheduling things and people's schedules not working, every time we have focused specifically on Jervis Cottonbelly, something has gone wrong. And it's the Jervis curse. And I believe one of us, at the end of this episode, will officially drop that. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> well, and to the point that even today, we had this wonderful interview lined up. Jervis was kind enough to start promoting it on, on social media. We're all excited about it. And for the first time in like two and a half months, this huge rainstorm happens in Florida. Yeah. It's monsooning. And I'm going, oh my goodness, there's no way I'm going to make it to be able to record this tonight. So, luckily, we're here. It's a little damp, but that's okay. We and have finally... The, the planets have aligned. And we officially have Jervis Cottonbelly with us. So, so Jervis, now that everyone has our backstory, uh, there is a certain um, introduction that we tend to do with everybody here. And we typically refer to this as Luna's Lightning Round. However, I've been told by her that for this one particular episode... It's called the Questiones de Parejas. Oh, well, there you go. And so, Chad, if you'll start, uh, Jervis, we're going to ask you some rapid-fire questions about you and your past. Um, answer them as, as quickly as, as you can, and uh, this is going to help us to sort of introduce you to maybe some people who aren't fully familiar with the glory that is the cotton belly. So, uh, Chad, go ahead and start. Let's get, the, let's get the, the typical one we start with out of the way because it's such a cheesy podcast question. Jervis Cottonbelly, where did you train and by whom? Very cool. Uh, what is your favorite wrestling memory as a child? My favorite wrestling memory as a child was probably oh, it's probably the first match that I saw at the circus. Um, it was around, well, I'd say it was uh, 1912, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, when I was at that match, um, I was I was captured by the, um, rather, I was captivated by the, um, the performances and the pageantry. Um, so my first 
story of wrestling is probably my favorite because I never knew such a thing existed. And, um, well, now it's wholly a part of my life. So, um, so I think that the first time I ever saw wrestling, it was like falling in love. That's very sweet. Oh, that was wonderfully poetic. So, uh, of the, the current, on the current wrestling scene, who is an opponent that you would love to face and have not yet? They'd have a chance sooner or later. Mm. <laughs> AJ Styles? That'd be a AJ fun AJ Styles, yeah. That'd be he's a fun I, I think he's uh, far and above uh, the best grappler in the world. Um, you know, I'd also say Sami Zayn, because I've always looked up to him uh, for, for a very long time, and I think, um, you, you know, it's always been my secret, uh, secret goal, and I'm revealing this for the first time now, but it's always been my goal uh, to be the next Sami Zayn someday, um, and to blaze a similar path as he. So I, um, I, I really look up to him, and I'd like to grapple with him as well. Hmm. Excellent choices. So, uh, Jervis, next question. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Boogie woogie! <laughs> Excellent. I, I would have guessed. That was I the answer I expected. Yeah. I hope you bleep that out. Oh, yes, of course. We will. Yeah. It's quite we'll... a foul. It's a foul of the mouth. <laughs> we, we should actually bleep that out just for the fun <laughs> of it. Um, what, is your, what is your go-to tea at tea time? What, um, I like to put uh, honey and lemon in it. What type, of, what type of tea is your uh, is your favorite? My favorite is uh, blueberry green tea. Green tea, okay. And last but not least, uh, are you more of a Marvel fan or a DC fan? Oh, Marvel for sure. Um, I, I like DC quite a bit, but it's, I think it's hard to follow. And um, I like how, uh, well, well, I'm a very, very big Spider-Man fan. So I, I like how uh, Marvel heroes with more, more real world issues um, and, and I always thought that was charming so I've always connected with Marvel uh, a bit more but, but you know I don't discriminate I'll, I'll watch and uh, I'll read uh, DC content as well well uh, one of the the, the questions that, that Chad asked was about your, your formal training and you mentioned uh, uh, Mr. Chuck Taylor in that mm-hmm. and that name immediately rang a bell because if I'm not mistaken he's he is a, uh, a wrestler who has said some horrific things about you on, on Twitter um, over the years. And I was curious as to if there was an initial starting point where he, as a teacher, decided that he was just going to hate your guts for the rest of his life. Yes, there was a starting point. Um, I think it had to do with uh, the first time we met. You know, he, um, he told me he was a Kentucky gentleman. I, I asked him what the difference between a Kentucky gentleman and a regular gentleman was. And um, he burped in my face, and it smelled like whiskey. <laughs> and um, that just when I had my answer. But um, I, I think that that uh, Chuck Taylor has always, um, I think he's always seen me as a bit of a younger brother to him. And um, he's always given me a hard time and, you know, sort of verbally noogied me. And um, I think it, it comes from a place of love and support. Because, you know, if he were to act like he were my friend, then I would... That maybe I would stop being his student and he would stop being my teacher. So, so he's always going to be the master, and I'm always going to, um, you know, have that student-teacher relationship with him. And I, I think that's, it's, um, perhaps that's why he jests so often. <laughs> I'll say that's a very nice way to put that. I'm sure he's had to have yelled boogie woogie at some point at him. Oh, I'm for, sure. For oh, him yes. to deal with it. Chuck Taylor, he yells boogie woogie at me quite a bit. It actually makes me faint because boogie woogie is such a top insult. This is going to be the most heavily censored episode we've done. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I keep sipping and saying it out loud. We're, sorry, it's late. It's okay. We're all we're all uh, relaxed. We're we're That's we're, right. we're having a uh, uh, locker room talk, as they say. Locker, so okay. locker room talks. That's fair. So, um, so uh, please. So, uh, I'd be interested. To, obviously, we we told the you know the kind of origin story of the indie cast and and how for some reason we don't think it had anything to do do with you personally. But for some reason, the mention of your name caused a little bit of chaos at the beginning. Do you think there's any anything behind that? Because even you had said on Twitter you've been cursed in the past. Uh, I wonder if maybe something with a curse that maybe you had previously had something to do with us. Do you what do you what do you think that might might have caused it? Ooh, I say, well, um, what, are you are you ready for a story? Because I've never Please. told this story to anyone. We love a story. Okay. Well. Ready to reveal this. Um, well, when I was a young man, 
um, how do you say, I was extremely handsome. And I was also um, quite aware of that fact. And I made sure to uh, to throw my uh, weight around, as you as you would say, um, in terms of looks. And um, I, I let it become a crutch for me. And it made me, well, it made me not so sweet. And I, um, well, I won't go into detail, but long story short, as they say in the States, I was visited by, uh, well, for lack of a better term, an angel. And she cursed me. She took away my looks and um, scarred me horribly, which is why I wear a mask. And, um, you oh, know, again, I've, I've never quite uh, told anyone that, but, but that has um, always been a part of me. And uh, someday, perhaps if, um, perhaps if I am honorable enough and kind enough and sweet enough, perhaps I'll break that curse. Uh, so, again, when you told me that there was a curse over at the IndyCast, I... I was very upset because I thought perhaps my witch's curse, or my angel's curse, had bled over to your show, and perhaps it has. Um, but if, you know, that's where all of my sweetness comes from. Uh, I was taught at very, uh, when, when I was about 24, uh, my looks were removed, and I was um, cursed with, with well, well, I was given the looks that I have now. And uh, I have learned to be kinder to people and not to judge on a surface level. You know, to look at the heart of someone and see what their true intentions and feelings are. And um, it's taught me to be a better person. So I, 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 I think that I'm overcoming the curse, but perhaps the curse is now my gift. That's very sweet. It says that you're going to have to play this episode to your children. This I am. So this is, this is quite a tale that we're telling here. There, there's something. We, we have a, this is the first episode that has probably ever had a lesson. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's been three years of horrendousness right up until this moment. <laughs> and finally we've had Jervis on to bring us an actual, like, to bring us a lesson here yeah, today. To, to change course in the show's, uh, show's path. Uh, now, oh, well, I'm so glad that you learned a, a lesson. I am, um, like I said, I am, um, I've, I've really been excited to come on this show and I'm glad that I could tell this story to you for the first time because no one's ever heard this part of my life and well it's something that people have asked about for many years and I've, I've never known quite how to tell them but I figured that being honest and being forthcoming is forthright is the best way to do it. The honesty we're, is always indeed the best policy. We're, well Jervis we're honored that you would share such a story on our show. Um, now, now to, to sort of bring this back around here, not only have you become known as the the sweetest man in wrestling, but you're well, also the sweetest man in the world. In the we world, yeah, well, this is a, this is supposed to be a wrestling podcast. Well, so, yeah, that's never but, stopped uh, us before. That's true. So. Um, but you've also become quite the accomplished uh, professional wrestler, and so you mentioned earlier that you're looking to sort of forge a similar path to a Mr. Sami Zayn. And so with that in mind, I wanted to ask, what was, what's been a particular high point for you in terms of your wrestling career? What is a match that you would say, let's say we introduced you to somebody and they've never heard of Jervis Cottonbelly, what would be the match that you would advise that we show them first and foremost to get the best, to see you at your best? I would ask them uh, to watch, there are two matches that I would ask them to watch. One is my match against... Juan Francisco de Coronado in 2000, January 2014 at Chicara, You Only Live Twice. Um, it was live on iPay-Per-View, and there were about 1,500 people in attendance, which was the most I've ever grappled in front of uh, up until that point. And uh, I feel that Juan Francisco and I were able to have a, a very good match, a very competitive match, and um, I was very proud of that because I thought it uh, reflected who I am as a competitor and uh, what my skill level was at the time. Later that year, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, in 2015, uh, I had a match with Kevin Martinson at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and it was for the uh, Television Championship. That match is on my YouTube channel, actually, which is youtube.com slash Jervis Cottonbelly. And at that um, channel, you can see that match where I think it was my best match ever. Um, wow. I think that Kevin Martinson is, is a highly skilled grappler, but on that day, I was at my best because I wanted to show everyone that even though I play and I have fun times and I give lots of hugs and tickles and jokes, um, that I am a serious wrestler deep down at heart and I really, uh, as they say, can go when I have to. So that was the first time I got to really show what I can do in the ring. And um, ever since then, I feel like I've been on an upward trajectory of improvement. 
matches since, but that was one of my favorites. So if you've never seen me grapple before, I urge you to please uh, YouTube Jervis Connerbelly versus Kevin Martinson. Excellent, excellent. And actually, it reminds you mentioning about you uh, being very wholesome and tickling and things like that. That actually brings me to another question. Um, so I, I kind of give Jervis a lot of credit at being sort of the forefront of this revolution of kindness in professional wrestling. Because oftentimes in professional wrestling, it's very easy to get jaded and be very bitter and, right. and not particularly pleasant to be around. So Jervis was sort of at the forefront of this revolution to be kind-hearted in wrestling and to bring that into the ring. I mean, you wear that literally on your sleeve. And so, Jervis, my question to you is, since you were at the forefront of this revolution, there has been others since then. And the first ones I think about is like, Jack Gallagher or, or, or Bailey in the WWE. These these wrestlers who are also very nice and not ashamed to show that. The New Day. Power New Day. of positivity exactly. is the whole thing for them. So my question, Jervis, is now that your ideas of bringing kindness into wrestling again has sort of spread into other um, forms, does that make your life easier in terms of maybe fans who didn't understand you the first time, maybe find it a little easier to understand what you're going for and what you're standing for? Or do these other people who are also exuding positivity and kindness, does that make your life a little more difficult because now you have to try something else to stand out? Well, you know, a few years ago, um, somebody sent me a message. And, and uh, this was after Ashley Remington had debuted at Chikara. And um, in some of Ashley Remington's matches, he was using similar tactics to mine. He was breaking on one. He was holding the ropes and the door for everyone. Um, very, very similar things to what I was doing. I mean, almost exact. And someone sent me a message and they said, it, it was a tweet, actually. It was public. And it said, I think Ashley Remington is more gentlemanly than Jervis Cottonbelly. Well, the fight works. Well, you know, you would think so, right? Uh, to, to someone who, who lives in the ego part of their consciousness, uh, perhaps that would be uh, something that would be seen as an affront. But I responded that, and, and I would say that at first I was upset because I felt as if the person was, was only trying to get under my skin and perhaps not trying to endear me, but just trying to tell me that someone was doing the job of the world's sweetest man better than I. But after I thought about it, what I decided was... I wish everyone were more sweet than I in the ring. You, you know, I'm, I'm on a mission to spread kindness and gentleness all over the world. And if everyone were as kind as I, as a grappler, um, I think it would be mission accomplished. So I like to see Bailey giving everyone hugs, and I like to see Jack Gallagher dressing like a gentleman and doing his, um, you, you know, the little short dive that I like to do, because it reminds me that, um, A, they're watching, and B, that they understand the message too, and that they are spreading it, and that they too have become champions of gentlemania. And because gentlemania is treading lightly all over the world, and um, we're changing, we're changing lives with hugs and kindness and well wishes. So I would say that even though more people have adopted this mission of kindness, I'm only excited by it. Uh, it, it you know, it, it perhaps makes me less of a commodity. But that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to be the only one of something. I'm here to start a new wave of something and, and hopefully um, spread more positivity and kindness to others. Excellent. Excellent. It's the Jervis Revolution. It is. It is. Gentlemania. Why is that not on a shirt, by the way? We, it could be. We could, we could make that happen, well, actually. I was say, we know some people. We do know some people. Well, <laughs> we'll talk to you about that afterwards. So. Let's, let's <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll take we'll take that off air. We can we can definitely talk when we get done here. So 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 the good thing is, so I, I kind of like when you thought that because one of my questions that I had actually written down is that if you had felt that somebody like Jack Gallagher was was almost infringing on what you're doing here, but I'm glad to see that like you actually see it as more of a, a spreading of what of what you're trying to get out there. So I like I like that look on that one. That's definitely very impressive. So, but, and, and I will say this that. Simon Gotch. We started interacting a few years ago when we realized how similar we were. And I think really that's what matters. It, it's a show of mutual respect and friendship. 
friendship. And, and that's really all I ask. If, if you're a nice wrestler like me, and you like to do the same things that I do, I hope that we can be friends and that we can get along so that maybe we can influence others to appreciate kindness the way that we do. So, so I would say that someone like Jack Gallagher or, um, or, or Simon Gulch or, or a lot of the grapplers that we that are similar to me, uh, they all tend to play along and we, and we have fun together. And, um, and, and that's what really counts. And I, and I really appreciate that. And, and I'm always uh, very thankful that those gentlemen are, are so respectful and, and so kind to me. Now, speaking of people that you're, you're kind to, obviously, for um, in championship wrestling from Hollywood, which we had kind of mentioned a little bit earlier... Um, you did have a tag. You had a tag team, the Friendship Express, um, yes. with with uh, the gentleman known as Hobo. So uh, tell tell everybody a little bit about about that team and and kind of how that how that came to be. Oh, I would love to. So the Hobo and I uh, met long ago uh, underneath the train tracks, of course. Of course. And uh, the Hobo was telling me that um, well that he thought I wasn't quite as fierce as I could be. And if you look that up on my YouTube channel, uh, Hobo Teaches Jervis to Be Fierce, um, you'll, you'll have quite a laugh because he taught me how to growl, roar, and how to snarl, um, and sorry, I was just giving you an example of my growls and snarls, <laughs> but I think that the Hobo, uh, he wanted to, he saw something in me, and he wanted to help me, and the Hobo was a former heritage champion at Hollywood, and the likes of which Adam Pierce and Colt Cabana have also been. And um, the Hobo, well, I I'll say that if you watch the match where we won the tag United Tag Team Championship in April of 2015 at the Red Carpet, or rather at the uh, Coastline Clash, you'll see that I wasn't even in the ring when we won the match. Hobo won the match single-handedly, and um, he celebrated, uh, well, we celebrated together, but, you know, Hobo really did all of the legwork. And after that, I realized that, uh, well, of course, after becoming a champion, I realized that friends lift each other up. And the Hobo had lifted me up to the status of being a champion. So it was my duty to go and work harder uh, in the gym and uh, in the training ring. It, it was my duty to behave like a champion and to... Um, to grapple up to the level that the hobo was already at. So he lifted me up, and in July of 2016, we had a title offense against three other teams. And um, in that match, after, uh, well, again, uh, after about a year of, for lack of a better term, chickening out of jumping off the top rope, I was able to finally leap off the top rope with full confidence and land a flying bunny stop. And that's how we won the match. So, a few months of teaming with Hobo, and I really felt like a champion. Um, and as for the name, the Friendship Express, uh, he and I decided that together we wanted to spread, again, that message of kindness and positivity. And that calling ourselves, in, you know, similar to the Midnight Express or the Rock and Roll Express, that we thought we'd pay homage to old NWA tag teams and WWF tag teams of the past, the AWA and such, but but we we wanted to make sure that everyone knew that the future of mankind, uh, the future of grappling, the future of all, revolves around friendship. Uh, because he and I both watched a documentary, and it was actually by the philosopher Noam Chomsky, and uh, within the context of the documentary, he mentions that though things may be dire, and that situations may be tough. And as I like to say, when times turn tough and skies grow dark, always remember and never forget. Friendship will save us all. And um, Hobo and I thought we'd spread that message to, to everyone. Uh, but unfortunately, before the year was out, we lost the championships. Uh, but more importantly, we, we lost our team. Uh, we, we've rather fallen out lately, and... We haven't spoken much, and frankly, I miss our friendship, and I miss our team. So we still never had our rematch for the tag team titles, and um, I suppose that's still on the docket, you know, but um, I think Hobo and I could learn from the message that we spread to others, and that friendship will save us all. So I'm 
keeping my fingers crossed and my heart open and, and, and ready to be loved again, uh, so that perhaps Herbo will, you know, because he's been gone. He and I, he and I live together, but I haven't seen him here in quite a few months. And so I hope that Herbo will come home and that he and I can be a team once again. But, you know, as a good friend should, I'm going to give him the proper space and time that he needs. And, and, and if he needs me, he knows I'm here for him and we, we can talk and we can chat and we can still be friends. Um, but, but I think that um, once we're able to get back on the same page, uh, the other tag teams of the United Wrestling Network had surely better watch out because Hobo and I... Uh, the Friendship Express, were quite the force to be reckoned with when we're firing on all cylinders. So that's the saga of the Friendship Express, though. Well, what do you chaps think? I feel like there's a, a hashtag here that we're going to need to hit on the social media now, which is hashtag Hobo Come Home. Mm, true. I, I, it's oh. just, I really feel like we need to find some way to, to find him in whatever search party. bridge. Check, or, uh, uh, check under the railroad tracks. Or, yeah, checking your, uh, you, know, uh, you know, maybe in the back of cars. He Maybe he's, true, uh, true. he's uh, running through the back of train cars right now, like a, like a good hobo does, true. so that we can get him get him back to where he should be. Excellent. So, oh, I would love that. We will make, we will make <laughs> that happen. That will, that will definitely happen. Now, let, let's talk about another company that you work with a lot. You work with uh, Wrestle Circus. Uh, actually, yes, just... So- uh, this past weekend, you were actually on their, uh, I believe was one of their first iPay-per-views, if uh, I'm correct, called Taking Center Stage. Uh, and you were, right. you were in a, a three-way dance match uh, with Jervis Cottonbelly, our guest, uh, DJ Z, uh, TNA mm-hmm. superstar, and friend of the IndyCast, uh, John Cruz. Mr. Cruz was uh, in that match with you. So tell us a little bit about that match. And uh, I know Wrestle Circus has something pretty big coming up, so why don't you tell us about that as well? Oh, I'd love to. Say that um, I was uh, unannounced for the Wrestle Circus I pay per view, and uh, the Wrestle Circus owner Al Lenhart and Lexi Lenhart, uh, the owners, they, they contacted me and they said, Jervis, uh, we haven't advertised you for the pay per view, and fans are quite miffed. And um, apparently, um, some of the, you sweet, wonderful people out there wrote messages to at Wrestle Circus on Twitter, and you told them that you wanted me included in the show, so they made sure to bring me, even though I wasn't advertised, and I was very thankful for that. I, I, I just, I feel like I have to preface this topic about Wrestle Circus by saying that fan support is what's kept me coming back to, uh, perhaps the hottest new wrestling company in the world. Um, it, it's been direct fan support, and, 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 and that I receive quite a lot of feedback in letters and emails and tweets, and I just want to thank everyone for helping me to find a new place to grapple and uh, to cut my teeth because that's exactly what I did against Sean uh, Cruz and uh, Zima, uh, DJZ, I should say. Um, now, the two of them far outclassed me as, uh, as luchadors, uh, but I was able to keep up a bit. Uh, Zima and I worked together quite a bit, actually, um, and <clears throat> I even did a bit of dancing with, with DJZ. So, so that was, was quite lovely. Um, but unfortunately, I did not pull out the win. Um, I was uh, I was bested, but I was very happy with with my performance. I was happy with, with that I tried very hard. Um, and more importantly, because of your wonderful support and your wonderful reaction towards me and my appearance on iPay-Per-View this past Sunday, I have been invited to Wrestle Circus's next event. Do you know where it's going to be? Please tell us. It's going to be at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas on March 17th. And I am so excited. It's always been a dream of mine to perform at South by Southwest, and now I'm going to get to do so, and I'm even going to be included on a panel. Oh, very cool. Well, what, now tell us a little bit about the panel. What are they, what are they doing on the panel? Well, so far I've been told that um, perhaps some other grapplers like Lever Bates and Colt Cabana may be included, and we're going to be doing a panel on professional wrestling um, in... in in general, so we don't have many details, but I was told that perhaps they would be included uh, with me, and that the three of us and, and perhaps someone else would get to uh, to chat with the whole hall of fans and well wishers. So uh, I've done one panel before at Los Angeles Comic Con, and um, I was very, very excited, and I had a very good time there, and I got to do a panel with uh, Lisa Varon and Rob Van Dam and, and uh, Big Shad from Crime Time. Um, and now we're going to be doing one at South by Southwest. And I, I'm telling you, when I started grappling many, 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 many years ago, um, 
someday, uh, you know, to put it on my bucket list. And now I'm getting to do that with all of my wonderful friends at Wrestle Circus in Austin, Texas. Um, so I'm not sure if that show is going to be an iPay-per-view or not. Um, but judging by how well the iPay-per-view went on Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, now, a, a couple things on this first off. I, I can think of no better person to hand off a message of love from me, Chad Allen, to my, my, my wrestling crush, Leva Bates. Them through the one Jervis Cotton Valley. So please, when you get to the when you get to the, your panel, please let Leva know that that Chad sends his regards. Um, oh, I certainly will. And I, I love I, Leva Bates. I think she's the best. I hope he actually does that okay. too. Well, <laughs> my my recommendation for Jervis is going to be if they have not given you it's it's always my uh, my philosophy to always come prepared for anything, and I'm sure Mr. Cotton Valley agrees. So if they are not giving you a particular list of details on what the panel should be about. My recommendation would be have a PowerPoint presentation on how to <laughs> properly be a gentleman at the ready, just in case. That would be amazing. Oh, I see. PowerPoint. Uh, 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 or a uh, a science fair style triboard uh, oh. with perhaps a flow chart on there how to go. properly there be a gentleman in the oh. ring. That would be my suggestion as a plan B. Yes, I, I think that's a lovely idea. Well, just to show everybody that. Uh, being polite is a good way to go about things. Exactly. That would be quite well. Maybe, maybe I could teach Mr. Cabana how to be polite because he's been rather mean lately. Well, there you go. Well, well perfect example. A little cranky some days. That's what happens. So, <laughs> now, you had mentioned that the South by Southwest was one of the things on your bucket list. I am very interested to know what else is on Jervis Cottonbelly's bucket list. Oh, I see. Now, um, oh, this is a good topic. Um, what else is on my bucket list? Well, you know, I, I want to give Bailey a big hug. Because um, I understand she's the top purveyor of hug life, and she's the queen of hug life. So, so I'd like to um, to be perhaps the court jester of hug life, and, and um, I'd like to meet her and give her a big, a big old hug. Um, I'd like to, but I'd like to climb Mount Everest someday. I'd also like to, um, well, I'd, I'd I'd like to reconnect with my father. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to make amends there because he didn't he, um, he didn't quite like my wrestling. They thought I was making a mockery of the, the noble Cottonbelly name. So, um, so I'd like to make amends with him. And um, what else would I like to do on there? What, what else is on my list? But I, I'd like to cook a steak someday. I've, I've never cooked a steak. You know, I, I, I feel like um, that's what, what burly tough guys like Brian Cage do. So, so I'd like to, I'd like to cook a steak, a, a proper filet mignon. I was going to say, a few notes on, on this list. I would say, if you were going to equate uh, items, I would say hugging Bailey, climbing Mount Everest, resolving father issues, and cooking a steak, all about equal levels of difficult, if right. I had to say. And, uh, yes, and in their own way. <laughs> and number two, I'm not entirely sure Brian Cage cooks his steak before he eats it. He may just eat it raw. <laughs> Okay, first level. Well, okay, I was going to say, when you say prepare, does that mean, like, he's cooking them, or he's catching them in the wild and just eating them with, right there? With his bare hands. With his bare hands. <laughs> I think, I, so I'd say, you know, he has showed up at the hotel a couple times with bloody red hands and a bloody red mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and no one thought to put that together until right. just now. Hmm, interesting. Well, I, I, I just, you know, I don't ask questions there. I, I just assume that Mr. Cage was out getting some extra protein from a local deer. Or well, that's you know okay. that's a safe assumption, and I, I think I think that's a great philosophy. The eventual uh, book that Jervis will someday undoubtedly write. I think a great rule of wrestling is don't ask questions. That is that is um yes that's actually that's something you get quite often. Please don't ask questions. Just accept it. <laughs> By the way, how badly did, I never thought I wanted a Brian Cage Jervis Cottonbelly team until right this moment. Yeah, no I, kidding. I don't know what that team name is. I don't know what the finisher is yet. I, also, I want that to happen. I also imagine uh, when they would come down the ring, uh, Brian Cage just carrying Jervis in a papoose on his back, <laughs> like Yoda. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I picture. Wrestle Circus, I, I, I think, make it so. You know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be in a tag team with 
Brian Cage someday. You, you know, he, um, he actually, he, he was a very, very excited fan for my, um, for my Jervis Cotton Belly's painting buddies, uh, the recent, the plush toys that I sold uh, the last two weeks. And um, I only had one prototype, you know, only one on hand. And he just begged me for it. He, he absolutely had to have it because he wanted to bring it home to, to Melissa Santos, uh, who has also become my new friend uh, since joining Wrestle Circus. And um, they've been sending me tweets and snaps of, of the little, they call him Sweet Man, and they've been taking Sweet Man everywhere. So, um, it, it, and I'm also friends with their dog, Mika. So, um, yes, I've, I've become quite acquainted with their, their little family over there, and, and um, I, I just think that we would make, make a lovely tag team. This is the, the great. This might be the greatest day of my life right here, just based <laughs> off of, especially now that we. I know, again, this is one of those teams that I never would have even pondered until this. Well, here's the other thing too. It. Now I can't help imagining, but eventually when Jervis tours uh, Japan and wrestles there, I imagine they just call him Sweet Man. Sweet Man. That right. would be my. If I had to guess, that's what they well, would. That's, that's what it says on my buttocks. So I suppose that's easiest. True. They team up with Curry Man. It could work out. You got something there for that one too. That's true, you know. Um, I really, I, I like. I started calling myself Sweet Man after one of my favorite grapplers, Bret Hart. You know, Hitman. Um, and Marion Fontaine. He was not the Anvil. He was the Handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that goes in your uh, in your presentation of how to be a proper gentleman. Is whatever you want people to refer to you as. Make sure you put it on your buttocks. On your posterior. Yeah, yeah that's where it should Clearly, better than a business card. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, Jervis, please continue. Well, well I, um, you know, I, I would say that at Wrestle Circus, I've been able to strike up friendships with a lot of the top grapplers in the world, and it's been very enlightening and eye-opening for me. But, you know, there's one friendship I've struck up that I'm extremely excited about. Do you want me to tell you who it is? <laughs> please do. I, I don't know how it's going to top... Bloody hands, Brian Cage. But let's let's see. Well, uh, my other friend that I've made there is Dick Justice, Supercop Dick Justice, former Four. guest of the IndyCast, Dick Justice. Oh, well, you know, Dick Justice and I, uh, we started. Oh, oh gosh, actually, we're still having a match now that I think about it. Um, we're having a one-year time limit, twenty-four-seven, the false count anywhere match. Um, and. For quite a few months, we chased each other around everywhere. And uh, it always seemed that the Benny Hill yakety sax theme was playing in the background. Um, but we chased each other all over the United States and all over England and all over Japan and all over the world. Um, then Christmas time came and, well, we did a gift drive. And we collected over 200 toys for un- underprivileged children in the Austin area. And it was very exciting. And my dear little friend Joshua, he was a, he was a fan of the show, he brought uh, one final toy and it was a game of shoots and ladders. And Joshua, I invited him into the ring and he got to talk on the microphone and tell everybody his name and where he was from. And he was very excited to be there. It was a really special moment. But then, uh, then two Grinchly characters came out, uh, one of whom was named Cody Lane, and um, they tried to ruin Christmas. And they tried to steal our shoots and ladders game, which was so much fun. And oh, it was going to go to someone who could really deserve it and use it. And well, they tried to stomp on it, ruin the shoots and ladders. And um, I thought all was lost. They tied me up and they were going to beat me. They punched me in the belly. They cast Joshua out of the ring. And before I knew it, Dick Justice came to my rescue. And he ran down the aisle and he gave those bullies a whole heaping of rat And then, before I knew it, Dick Justice and I embraced in the warmest, friendliest hug you've ever seen. And, well, the two of us together, mm-hmm. sweet justice, saved Christmas. Again, uh, if there's any animation companies that are listening... Uh, please get in touch with Mr. Jervis Cottonbelly and Dick Justice about making a claymation animated feature of Sweet Justice Saves Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely idea. Or, or actually, hold it. Let me let me even do this because this, this could be something here. Can I please put up the buckshot signal right now? <laughs> so our friend, our artist friend, uh, 
Buckshot can, can take advantage of this. It might it may not be claymation. We may not get the uh, Vankin and Rath type of setup. If here. I was a betting man, I think he can draw himself a mean Yukon Cornelius. So there I think go. he'll be okay. Well, he's drawn um, pictures of you, so it's not to close enough. Yukon yeah. Cornelius. So. Uh, Jervis, that's that amazing. Be a lovely idea. Perhaps, you know, perhaps for next Christmas, um, perhaps we can find a financier and we can make this project happen. I think that's an excellent idea. I think we're going to yeah. be a part of that. Uh, yeah, definitely. We have to be a part of that. Are you kidding me? So, uh, Chad, is it that time? Are we uh, are we looking for the final two questions? Uh, of final? The uh, well, I want to sneak one more in, of course, oh, because right. we have to. You know, we are as always a show divided. That's true. So I do need to get the show divided question out of the way because yes, we oh, always we have having, to ask. We were having such a nice time. Well, come on, we always should ask the Trevin Adams memorial, memorial question. question. So, Jervis Cottonbelly, you uh, I've obviously been all over the country and and all over the world, even. Uh, and at times, I'm sure you're making those late night drives, and you feel a rumbly in your cotton belly, as it were. Um, and it's late at night; there's not much open, and you're coming over a hill, and you see a a beacon of light shining. Is that beacon of light a sheet, or is that beacon of light a wawa? Which of those would you prefer? Okay. So you can't get mad at me, is that alright? No, not at all. Okay. So, now I spent extensive time at both Wawa and Sheep, and what I found is that Wawa provides the proper ambiance and uh, mood, um, as well as freshness, that you just can't get anywhere else. And I'm not talking about uh, any other convenience store, I, I mean any other food distributors, any place where you could buy a meal. I think Wawa provides uh, the perfect local hometown market feel. Um, it just feels like home to me. But Sheets, on the other hand, provides a far greater variety of treats and snacks and uh, things to keep yourself uh, or your belly full on the road. Um, moreover than that, Sheets has recently adopted a more um, healthy, conscious uh, way of packing their shelves. So, before I would have said that it was Wawa, hands down, uh, and, and absolute, uh, you know, 100%, I, I was a fan of Wawa, and, and Sheets was alright, but Sheets came in second, but once Sheets started offering healthy alternatives, and uh, you were able to, to you know, to, to eat cleanly there, um, I, I would say that the two uh, both serve as an equal beacon of hope and friendship to me, because, quite frankly, Living in Los Angeles, California, or Hollywood, California, I should say, we don't have anything close to Wawa or Sheets. So while uh, some of you on the East Coast and the Northeast and even in the Southeast are lucky enough to have the choice between Sheets and Wawa, I would remind you that not everyone has that choice to make and that I would give anything to see either one of those beacons, uh, beacons rather, uh, after a long drive. So so let's, let's recap here. So... Um... We have hashtag hobo come home. Yep. We have the uh, initial sales pitch for a holiday claymation feature with starring Dick, Dick Justice and Jervis Cottonbelly. And another petition movement to bring Sheets and Wawa to the West. There you go. So we, we're making some real strides here, some real progress in this episode. I know. This might be, this might be our most... Uh, uh, well, not only did Jervis teach us multiple lessons, but he actually united the show because Jervis, <laughs> this is the one topic that we fight about yeah. constantly. Right? Chad, Chad is a diehard Sheets fan, and I'm a diehard Wawa fan. But can I ask both of you a question? You certainly may. Okay. Well, if you could name each each of you could name the one thing that makes you choose uh, your favorite over the other, perhaps I can make a final decision. <laughs> uh. For me, MTOs, the made to, the made to order stuff at Sheets has always been, and, and I can't even necessarily pick one. Well, I don't know the mac and cheese, the mac and cheese stuff they do is top quality, um, and I and I have many a late night stories that I definitely won't tell in the Jervis Cotton Belly episode. Please, please, of, uh, of late night runs to to Sheets on the way back home and and getting a, a big bowl of uh, Sheets mac and cheese made to order. I I would have to say, and along the same lines of what Jervis mentioned about the uh, the him and, and Dick Justice saving Christmas, mine is a little more holiday themed, and I believe former guest of the IndyCast, David Starr, would agree. When it's close to Christmas, when it becomes you know that that 
winter season, uh, November time frame. Season. The season. The uh, the Wawa gobbler. The yeah. the hoagie with the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and the little bit of cranberry sauce. Unbelievable. I won't lie. I have yet to have one, but that does sound amazing. I won't, <laughs> I won't lie on that one. In the spirit of friendship, that one doesn't sound half bad. Well, I was just going to say, uh, the Wawa mac and cheese is okay, but... Much like Gordon Ramsay, I would love to try mac and cheese and cheese. There we go. So he really did bring the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of uncomfortable right I now, know, like right? because this is really not how this is supposed to go. This, this is supposed to be like the blood feud here. Yeah, we have shirts made. Like this is this is uncomfortable. <laughs> like I don't know how to handle this. Well, I I think that um, as I said before, chat friendship will save us all. So, well, Mister Romero, this is the time in the show. Where you uh, you deliver the final two questions. All right, wonderful. I get to bring down the whole room. So, <laughs> Jervis, unfortunately in this wonderful performing arts that we all enjoy very, very much, we lose a lot of talent early. And uh, so, with that said, if there were any professional wrestler, manager, what have you, that is no longer alive that you could work with, who would it be and why? term dream match is thrown around a lot. I think Jervis Cottonbelly and Prime Blue Blazer oh, in, in a fight yes. for wholesomeness like that would have been... Yes. To quote your wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Jervis, question number two. Here it goes. We here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Giraffes have very long necks, rhinos big horns etc etc our belief is that human beings as an animal their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools so with that said sweetest man in the world Jervis Cottonbelly I can't wait if you had to grapple with any animal what would it be and what weapon do you use oh my Well, I would say, in, in the most basic sense, your goal would be to not be killed by said animal. <laughs> Survival. If I, if I think that would be the bottom line, is do not be murdered. Um, but if you could particularly either subdue said animal or befriend said animal or whatever you, um, I think that would be sort of a, an added achievement. Well, you know, one time I texted my friend, and I said to him, this is my friend Rick. And I said to Rick, I said, Rick... I said, quick, don't think, just answer. You have to kill a horse. How do you do it? And he said, I grapevine its neck with my legs and I put my arm down its throat. Um, well, I, I suppose if I ever had to fight a horse, that's what I'd do. Um, but, um, but I said, you know, I'd like it to be a horse, actually, because I'd like to break a wild horse and, 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 and make him a friend uh, and, and make him a companion. So, so I wouldn't kill him. The weapon I would use would be kindness and patience. I don't use the weapon of patience yet, and, and I would um, I would break that horse, and I would uh, I would show him what true companionship and love is all about. Perhaps carrots as well, or maybe apples. There you go. Maybe apples. So. I've been told horses enjoy those. Well, Jervis, this is this is the time in the episode that we lovingly refer to as. Oh, no, don't get ready. Watch, watch ready? it. Watch it. Get your boogie woogie in. Oh my! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> any chance to to. Uh, Go ahead and uh, uh, share your social media. Where can people find you and keep up with the ever-growing journey that is Jervis Cottonbelly? And, of course, your merchandise as well. Oh, of course. You get your merch out there, too. That's true. Oh, well, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Jervis Cottonbelly for my latest and greatest T-shirts. Anywhere else that you purchase Jervis Cottonbelly T-shirts is uncivilized. So please, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Jervis Cottonbelly to get the latest. Now, um, you can follow me. Gentleman Jervis, and that's J E R V I S. Uh, and gentleman is spelled like a 
you're listening and you'd like to keep up with me and you'd, you'd like to be my friend, um, I'd like you to follow me at Gentleman Jervis on Twitter. And um, that's about it, I'd say, for, for where you can find me. Everything else is uh, on the level, I'd say. Now I'm gonna be- I'm gonna pause here for a moment. Usually we don't f- we follow this up with our ending, but mm-hmm. uh, wasn't one of those the the video game Twitch is the one where you like stream, stream video games. Stream video games, yeah. yes, what, exactly. What is what is Jervis Cottonbelly's video game of choice? I, I'm <gasps> picturing like Pac Man. Well, you the- know, I really like uh, Monopoly. Well, there you go. But uh, but but my my recent favorite has been Dragon Age Inquisition. That's quite the challenging game for a gentleman player like yourself. Well, it is quite challenging. In fact, you know, what I can do is you can go ahead and uh, on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Gentleman Jervis, you can see some clips of me playing. Um, I've, I've recently invested in a green screen and some professional lighting so that um, I can really give the full immersive uh, video game stream experience. Well, I know where I'm going at the, after this interview's done. <laughs> yeah, the, no kidding. Yeah, the, that's amazing. Yeah, he's a he's a multifaceted gentleman. <laughs> yes, he is. So, well, Jervis, I found I found that Twitch has been a wonderful way to connect with new friends and people who really love wrestling and um, that may not know who I am. So it, it's just been eye-opening for me how how many fans I've connected with and um, how many hearts have touched mine and how hearts I've touched in return on uh, video game streams. They, they can be quite intimate, just like podcasts, um, except there's a, there's a whole big party of people listening and uh, enjoying uh, their time along. So so if you chaps are ever, um, are ever watching and perhaps would like to, to be guests on my stream, perhaps I can return the favor and then we can, um, you know, you, you, can, you can join me. It, it would be an honor and a privilege, privilege Jervis. Thank you. So, well, well, Jervis, once again, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. And as always, to our dozens of dozens, thank you for being on the, sh- on the uh, listening to the show with us today. Uh, as always, everybody, I am Chad Allen. I am Zach Romero. And until next time, we always say, Deuces! Deuces.